Blog Talk Radio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, rough sketch. Rough sketch. Uh, what's the difference between me and you? You, you. What's the difference between me and you? You, you. Uh, what's the difference between real and fake? What's the difference between love and hate? Cause most opinions are different and let me be more specific before you answer that in your head let this marinate. Saying you real but love jacking people for bricks and chips and then when it happens to you, you look at them like you ready to retaliate on the people that did it and you in the same business that you got yourself in and that's like a pure jealousy and hate cause you love to do it but think nobody else will. That's why I started in my head to do the things that I feel. That's more important to get in a gorgeous woman or flossing or having paper so long. If it feel you would get lost And I'm trying to grab right by the head And stun the game like the often Cause nowadays it's rarely seen From TMC to do that quite often So I sit back, enjoy life for every day that I breathe And do this music till it's time for me to leave You know you talk about some flashy
What's good, family? What's good, family? What's good? Saturday, 
Saturday, Saturday. Sticky, it's Saturday, man. What's going on, y'all? It's going to be a short, impromptu show. Reason being, we are in Hotlanta, broadcasting live from Hotlanta. So we're going to make this sweet and short and short and sweet. Big shout out to my man, Hellraiser. And the tomb doing their thing last night at the event down here. It went off really well. Uh, shouts out to the venue, too, the Open Mind Center. That's a very zen place. Zen place. Y'all need to check that out if you're in the Atlanta area. They got some real nice stuff in there, man. The energy was great. The people got a lot of information. And looking to build with a lot of them cats that I met last night. A lot of females was in there, too. My empress was in the building. She was doing some networking. I loved all of that. But, yeah, we're going to do a quick show, and the show that we do today, we're going to piggyback this show and go back in on the heavier side of things on Wednesday at 7 p.m. So, before we get started, man, peace to the gods. Shouts out to all of the ancestors that came before us. So, we want to give y'all greetings and peace. Uh, assalamu alaikum to the nation. Islam to all my moors. Uh yeah, yeah, yeah. We got a lot of people in town too, man. It's a lot of lot of people from the from the squad. We went uh they came down here to Atlanta uh for the event and just the networking in general, man, with, with people with good energy is it's always gonna be good for the masses, man. So before we get into the topics, before we get into the topics, I'm gonna give y'all a quick pause for the cause. Cause I want to make sure everything is sounding all right. Cause we are live on the rival. So y'all give me a couple minutes. I'm gonna get back to the to the topics, and we are gonna go from there, man. Giving a few people a chance to log in as well. Cause a lot of my West Coast family, they 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 behind us about three or four hours. So we want to make sure they jump on in here too. BlogTalkRadio.com forward slash L Divine Bay or Wealth Principles one on one, man. We'll be right back.
One, two, one, two, y'all. One, two, one, two. Okay. Had to pause for the calls, man. Like I said, we live on location. Had to make a few adjustments. Had to make sure everybody can hear me out there. So, once again, let's let's, let's give, give peace back to our ancestors, man. Let's do this the right way. Once again, peace to the gods, man. Assalamu alaikum to the nation. Islam to the Moors. Shalom. And all the greetings and peace, man. Today, we're talking about how we can save ourselves. The only real plan for the people of color in Northwest America, North America. So, the topic of the day is basically we're going to talk about or discuss realistic solutions to our constant neglect and unfair treatment in North America when it comes to economics and civil rights and even human rights. Um, a lot of things that our, our, our ancestors were fighting for back in the 60s and the 70s, um, not to negate anything that they did, but a lot of things that they were fighting for and pushing for were, were good intentions. But the thing that we needed to be focusing on was basic human rights. They were fighting for civil rights and the civil rights movement but in all actuality, what we needed to be striving to to get was human rights. And if you understand the difference between the two, you'll be able to understand why we're still in the current situation that we're in. Now, we do have the ability to make moves, do things, uh, you know, certain things on a certain level. We're able to get out here and monetize um, to a certain extent. But when it comes to basic human rights, like when we are in in disarray when it comes to uh, our, our people getting killed by police officers and even by other individuals that's not in law enforcement, and we wonder why we don't get justice in the system that we're currently in and or the status that we're currently in, and it basically goes back to what I said earlier because. We've been focused on the wrong thing. We've been trying to um, get equal rights when it comes to, you know, eating in a specific restaurant or having the ability to use the same bathroom as those that uh, didn't want us to. So the separation was actually the thing that, that, that made us fight to be accepted and appreciated and to, to, to appear on the surface to be equal to those other individuals. Now, this was in the 60s, right? Fast forward the clock. 60 years, 50 years, whatever you want to call it. Civil rights movement served its purpose, but to ask for civil rights and not to ask for human rights seems a little far-fetched because we just assume that we all have human rights. But when you get into your, your, your history and you start to realize uh, what that 13th Amendment was and what it meant to us as a people, 
we begin to understand that we, we really don't have human rights. We are still, most of us, are still considered three-fifths of a human. Only way to correct that is go through the process that uh, a lot of individuals are starting to do, and that is to claim your birthright and claim your nationality. And you need to proclaim that and make it apparent to all parties involved that you are not a three-fifths of a human being. You are not chattel property. But until you you do that, you proclaim that and you, and you put it on paper to let them know and put them on notice, we will continue, continue to be less than human. That's why we don't have equal human rights. They just not going to come out flat out and tell you that you don't have human rights when when our babies are continue to get murdered by police officers and other individuals, and then we come and you know plead our case and we we, we try and you know seek justice and the system is not set up for us to receive justice because like I said they don't consider us as being full human beings or in a human family we are still tagged with a slave master's last name we still tag with the slave mentality that you know that they're superior or, or we're inferior in, in, in certain aspects we also have limited ourselves to their particular form of religion and if we get back to our true religion and knowledge of self then we begin to understand that we're not the inferior ones we are actually the superior ones and that is the purpose of this show today we called SOS so we can save ourselves because it's really the only real plan for people of color we have to save ourselves individuals that are seeking to get reparations that is is fine but you got to understand if we continue to seek reparations without correcting our status without claiming our nationality it's going to be a paper chase and it's never going to be no real reparation for the things that happened to our people for over 400 years in Northwest America. So we got to start somewhere, people. And the topic of today's show is to come up with realistic solutions to our constant neglect and unfair treatment in North America. We have to have realistic solutions, not complaining. I mean, we got to get the topic on the, on the table and we have to start having real conversations on how to correct this problem because it's a problem, it's an epidemic and it's been a problem for a long time. But see, we get redirected by other people and they, they force their narrative on us as to what we should be seeking, uh, you know, pro-black. I know in a passionate way, we want to say we're black and we're proud and that's cool but in a legal as a legal standpoint to say that you're black and you're proud it it doesn't give you a seat at the table at the human family table so we need to know and understand when you see individuals like myself with 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 turbans on when you see my brothers with the fezes on we are those these are national headdresses 
because we understand who we are. We understand where we came from. We understand that we separated ourselves from being a chattel property and we became part of the human family because all people, all people, don't say persons, people, all people in the human family have a landmass that they are tied to. And you can say, well, I'm, I'm African. Yeah, you, you have roots in Africa. Everybody has roots in Africa. But you were born on this soil. And once you begin to understand what this soil is, and you understand the history of this country, or in this landmass, then you understand why you see individuals like Nick Cannon with turbans on, or individuals that have the wear their feds. It's just a proclamation that this is a national headdress, and we know who we are. The land that we live on here in Northwest America, if you look up some history about this particular landmass, this landmass is called Northwest Amexum, and South America was Southwest West of Mexico, but it all tied into the landmass of Morocco, which brings me to the topic, the peace treaty that took place that allowed the Europeans to come over here and colonize and do business on this landmass. Now, we talk about this in several different shows, previous shows. And I and I and I will ask you guys. Some of you guys are on uh, Facebook Live and Instagram Live. I'm on YouTube Live right now. But I will ask you guys to go to BlogTalkRadio.com forward slash Wealth Principles One On One or forward slash El Divine Bank. You'll see the archive shows, and we go into detail about birthright, nationality, and those things. But to stay on topic. When the Europeans came to Northwest America, they set out thinking that they were going to India. So Christopher Columbus, he thought he was going to India. When you're on a ship and you're going (laughs) in the middle of the ocean and you see a landmass and you think you're headed for India. So when he got to America, and it was people there, which were the Moors. We were already here. He thinks that he's in India. So therefore, he referred to the people there as Indians. So that, that whole miscom- miscommunication and confusion of the, the, the Europeans that came over here started a whole trail of ignorance. Because if I come to a landmass and I see a group of people there and I call you what I think you are and and hundreds of years later people are still referring to you as what I called you and not what you called yourself or what you are called by God then you continue to carry that ignorance with you now the difference between so called Indians and people that call themselves black is that even Indians, they are tied to a landmass of India. But people that consider themselves colored, Negro, Black, all of these these terms, these adjectives, is describing what the Europeans called us. 
But once we, we get into our history and we really understand that we are actually Moors and we all should feel the narrative of calling ourselves black when it comes to law. Now, I don't want to get into a debate about, you know, black this, black that. We understand we're passionate people. We, we, we're proud to be black. We're proud to call ourselves black. But in a legal standpoint and in the status of the law, there is no nationality called black. There is no race called black. It's not a race. Black is not a race. So y'all can look up black in a, in a law dictionary. Look up black in the Black's Law Dictionary or Google it under the Black's Law Dictionary. We're talking about a legal term. The legal term of black is not what you think. So until we, we get that corrected, until we understand who we are, and if we keep putting ourselves in this chattel mentality, in this chattel box on paper and accepting that in legal terms, we're going to continue to be treated three-fifths of a human. We're going to continue to seek justice and you're not getting it, and then you wonder why these people can can just attest to allowing these people to walk or slap them on the wrist because they're like, well, we got to do something because if we can't keep just allowing them people to get murdered in the street by cops or other civilians who do know where they come from, who do know you know, their nationality, then eventually it's going to be a war. It is a war going on right now. It's a calm war, but it's a war, period. It's a war going on. It's just not in the in the open and in the face of everyone. But the tension that's, that's happening right here in North America is, is about to bust. And it's just a matter of time. And the flames that they keep, keep little tiki flames right now. But it's all it's going to take is one event to cause a ripple effect. Certain areas in the country have already been experiencing this this form of, of, of we are at war. But because the enemy controls the media, they allow you to see what they want you to see. Now, we do have cell phones. We do have, uh, you know, internet and things of that nature, but they control that as well. So if you see something and it's put on social media, whether it's YouTube uh, one of the social media uh, platforms or whatever, we might see it for a little while, but they have the power to remove that. And once it's removed, our people are no different than everybody else. If it's out of sight, it's out of mind. So if it's not something that's apparently put in your face, it, the, the effect and the sting doesn't, doesn't bother you as much. So when you, when you see information being spread and it's positive information and you see people trying to help us with our situation as a people and you see people are out there blocking that it should raise a red flag for you so the first thing we need to do to save ourselves is to to, to come out of that slave mentality and come out of that chattel property status once you're able to do that then you will have a seat at the table then they have to start respecting you in the court of law. But as far as reparations and, and looking for a handout from from the so-called government, that, in my eyes, is, is a, a mission for the people who are built to, for that fight. Now, what do we do in the medium? In the medium, 
we can't sit back and wait for the government to give us a check for all of the suffering that our people been through. That's, that's a waste of time and a waste of energy. Like I said, we got people on the front line that are that are you know they're fighting that fight. Now we can help. We can sign petitions and things of that nature to help things get passed through you know the legislative uh, order. But that has nothing to do with us coming together, doing for self, creating businesses. Um, getting our credit together, getting our business credit together to where we can finance our own businesses to where we can circulate those funds in our own community as opposed to spending all of our fiat with the Europeans, with the Asians, with the uh, Arabs, and no disrespect to any of those cultures or any of those races, they're just getting paid. But what are we doing? What are we doing as a people? We're not getting paid. We're, we're paying everyone else. I challenge you, anybody on the call, I see we got about 60 people in, in, the, in the call queue. Anybody on this call that is a person of color, whether you're Latino, whether you're uh, African-American, if you want to call yourself African-American, um, people in North America of color, in your neighborhood, now, there is a few, there are a few, and I've been pushing the narrative um, about black entrepreneurship and how we should support uh, businesses that are owned by people of color. Now, don't support the business just because they are people of color. Support the business because they provide the same or better service and they're people of color. So we don't just want to go out there and try and say support all black businesses because black businesses, if they're operating, in a ghetto fashion and they're not really giving you a good service, then no, I wouldn't I would not co find any business if they're not doing good business. So we have to do good business. We have to have good business practices in order for us to spend our money with each other because that's the problem. We automatically assume if it's black owned, then it's less quality. And we wanna pay less for it because it's black owned. But we don't ask some Europeans to, to lower their prices for their uh, products and services No, if we want something and they have it we go get it we pay for it we don't complain about the price we just go in there and get it so we give our money to those individuals and for the most part they don't even like us anyway they just like your money so when I was getting back to the topic that I was saying if you look in your neighborhood all over the country you look in your neighborhood if you're in a lower class when I say lower class, I mean as far as your uh, network. If it's in the, you know, if you got upper class, middle class, and lower class. So we're not talking about character or anything like that. We're talking about money-wise. So if you're in a lower class neighborhood or urban, more urban neighborhood, I'm sure you got a lot of corner stores that sell numbers, they sell beer and wine, they might sell, you know, low-level groceries, you know, you might have a few generic brands in there, you might have a few name brands in there, but the point that I'm making is how many of those corner stores are owned by people of color. Now, they may work in there, but the owner is usually someone foreign that'll come out the back 
you know, just to sure everything is, is, is proper and copacetic, but a lot of times they don't even hire us to work in those schools. Now, they, 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 they change the game up a little bit because once you're in our community and you've been there for a while and you started making a decent amount of money, then yeah, they, they start to get it. They need to hire somebody from the neighborhood because that kind of saves them from those riots and things when, when people start uplifting and understanding like, okay, the people that sell hair in our community, they're Asian. The people that sell liquor, they're Arab. And I'm not, like I said, no disrespect to the Arabs or the or Africans or the Indians. They're not black. So how many liquor stores in your neighborhood that is owned by people of color? Now, I, I can't even say people of color because they are, they're people of color, but they're not black. So you might have some Asians in your community. You might have some Indians in your community. You may have some Africans in your community. You may have some uh, Arabs in your community. But you don't have black foreigners in those communities. So that's what we need to change. Once we start putting our people in position where we can, like, like for instance, I see a few, few names popping up in my uh, my Facebook feed. I see James Brown. Now, James Brown is an individual that we did business back in the day. He's an entrepreneur. He's in the entertainment business. He usually has a lot of different clubs and a lot of different venues where people can go kick it, party, and all that. And that's perfect. He's been doing this for 20, 30 years. Now, people patronize his events. But the thing that I understand and we understand is that for the most part when you go to cities like here he lives in Cincinnati, if you go to Cincinnati how many black owned clubs bars, restaurants nightlife entertainment do we actually own not work own, who, who owns the building, who owns the business like I I can name on my hand, maybe four. And shout out to my man, Carl Johnson. Uh, he's an uh, a entrepreneur in our city, and he, he is co-owner of some, some some of those establishments in Cincinnati as well as in Annapolis. But see, the thing that, 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 that I'm getting at is that we have to. It's not even a question anymore. We can't, we can't expect the government to give us a handout. We can keep screaming reparations all we want but we as a people we the people you know that that constitution that song we the people we have to come together put our funds together in a group economics fashion and and my company teaches that i teach business credit i teach personal credit but i also teach how we can buy back buy back our block a corner at a time you see what I'm saying? We can do this a corner at a time. We can uh, we can have these town hall meetings. We can have these uh, radio shows like right now. I'm, I'm live on Blog Talk Radio. I'm live on iTunes Podcast, Wealth Principles 101. I'm, I'm on Facebook Live. I'm on Instagram Live. I'm on YouTube Live. Once we start sharing this information and individuals can get in the, involved and in the know, I can help anybody get their personal credit and their business credit together. 
So if you wanted to start a business and you said, well, I don't got the money. And I said, well, I can help you get the money. It might take us three to six months to get you qualified, but I can get you the money. So what's your excuse then? What's your excuse when I tell you that I can get you the money to start the business? Now, can you come up with a business plan? Can you come up with a, a product or a service that will help the community? Is there a need for your product or service? Not a want. Is there a need? Does it does it does it fulfill a, a void in your community? Does it fill a void um, as a people? You know what I'm saying? A big thing that we need to do, and we need to come together as a people in our communities collectively, is to first get our kids out of the educational system of the public educational system because that is another means of keeping us enslaved and enslaving our children and giving them a mindset of a worker and not a boss. So getting our own schools and I mean our own schools with our own curriculum well, that means that the schools that we provide to our communities would have to be private because if we're putting them in the public then we, we open the door for those people to come in there and try and put rules to what we can and cannot teach our, our, our children. So if we start with our children and we start teaching our children economics, about credit, about financing, about entrepreneurship, then when they grow up and they're coming out of high school, it, it's, no, it's really no need to go to college unless they want to fine-tune some of their skills. Because once you learn a trade, once you learn basic economics, and once you learn financial literacy, you can start your own business. You just need to find a lane that you're comfortable in, you're, you're gifted in, and just ride that lane. It's not it's not rocket science, people. It's been, it's been portrayed as something hard because they want to scare you with paperwork. They want to scare you with you need millions of dollars to do this. But like I said, if it was something to the extent that all you needed was the money, you got everything else in place. Did you test your, your, your product? Did you did you check and see if it's an oversaturated market? These are things that you can do while you're waiting to get the money to do your business or to, to launch your business. But before you jump in there with, with all your personal funds and it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a sink or swim, environment, I don't want you to do that because you're setting yourself up for failure. So if I can put you in a position that whether your business, if it succeeds or fails, you still are personally not going to be liable for making your family lose your home or, or you know, having y'all outside in the cold because you're trying to use the family's money to start a business. And that's the only way we've ever known to do things because we don't know that there is something called OPM in the world. And I'm going to give y'all a second to think about what OPM is. OPM is just abbreviation for other people's money. And I know people think like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No. When you say other people's money, that doesn't mean borrow from your granny or borrow from your uncle. If you got somebody in the family that, that has a little bit of fiat, no, don't go begging for anything. I can show you how to use other people's money because this whole country is being ran on credit. Everything is ran on credit. 
Very few people take their money or their fiat and put it into a business and conduct business that way. One of the largest retailers in the world started their business on credit, and they still do it today. I'm talking about Walmart. Now, that company, they had money. That company had money, but their dealings, everyday dealings, everything that they order in all their stores is bought on credit. So, all of the food that you see in that store is bought on credit. So, when you make a purchase, all they're doing is paying that bill. Now, I launched my company three years ago. Um, I formulated into a corporation a year and a half ago. And when I did it, the corporation a year and a half ago, it allowed me to be credible in the eyes of the world of credit. So, in doing so, I opened up myself and positioned my company to be able to uh, stand on its own credit. So, once I became a corporation and I went through the process of getting my business credible, then they gave me that account. So I had a net 30 account for six or seven different low levels of companies. And what a net 30 account is, is basically, in layman terms, people that understand lingo in the street, you understand what it means to get fronted. So it's the same in business. You get fronted a product for 30, 60, or 90 days. So once they front you that product, you have 30, 60, or 90 days to pay it off in full. So if I told you, let's let's file our paperwork, let's file with the state, let's become a, a LLC or a corporation, and then let's get a bank account. Let's get a DUNS number. Once we do these things, then we can apply for these companies for a net 30, a net 60, or a net 90 account. Now, they may start you off with a net 30 account. Some of them even have like a net 15 account. So basically, they'll, they'll provide you with a certain amount of products in advance and you got 15 days to pay it or 30 or whatever the case may be. Now, if you could conduct your business, let me give you an example. If you had a fruit stand, if you had a car wash, let's do that, car wash, real simple. You got a car wash. You got everything set up. Um, you know, my, my boys and them, they wash a lot of cars in, in the city of Dayton. They wash cars in the parking lot, so he don't have an overhead. The only thing he needs is the vans and the power washer. So he's, he's getting away without paying rent right now, and that's a good thing because he's mobile. Okay, so you don't have an overhead. All he needs is what? The power washers, uh, a van or something like that to haul the information. If you don't get a whole van, just get a trailer. Buy a trailer. You can buy a trailer on, on credit. <laughs> get you a trailer, hitch it on the back of your car, pull your equipment out, and wash as many cars as you can a day. Okay, so what does he need? He needs the equipment to wash the cars, the power jet, whatever they use. He needs the soap. He needs the towels. He needs all of these things, right? You can get everything I just named with a net 30 account. So if they gave you all the tools you needed, and they said, 30 days, you got to pay them back. Are you really ready to get out here and start washing cars and paying that back in 30 days? If you already built up a, a nice business plan, a marketing strategy, and once you launch your business for that day, you shouldn't have no problem having about 50 cars 
pull up just because you did your business and you did your diligence in preparing the people for what you were about to provide. Now, again, I said you need to test the market. You need to see if it's an area or a need for that service. Now, people that go to work every day, a lot of them park their cars in, in parking lots, you know, downtown. When they get off, they fight in traffic to get back home. Now, I give you a prime example. On a Thursday or a Friday, a lot of them people would love to get off work and have their car already detailed and clean so when they get off work, they can go, you know, conduct business or maybe go out on the night of the town with their family. Now, if you develop the relationship with these type of individuals and your company goes to where they work and can wash their car while they're at work, dude, I guarantee you can get 50 to 100 people just in the city of Day. Now, 100 people paying you $20, $25 a week, do the math. Now, once you pay these things off on your Net30 account, now you own the jet thing, the jet packs, or the whatever the power washers. So now that's the cost that you're not experiencing anymore. So you just have to re-up on the stove and things of that nature. The point I'm making is that I can get you whatever you need on a Net30, Net60, Net90 basis. Now, as you're doing that, you're building credit on the business side. Now, so it's a it's a company that reports strictly for business. So we're talking about a Paydex score. We're talking about Dun and Bradstreet. We're talking about these companies. They they have an Intelli score. So they are reporting whenever you're doing business as an LLC or a corporation. They are reporting that. So once they report that, it generates the score for you. Once you get a score of between 75 and 80 and up, because the business score is from 1 to 100, or 0 to 100. Once you're in that 70 range, then it's kind of equivalent to like having a 700 on your personal credit score. Now, once you get past the net 30, now you can apply for these department store cards, Sam's Club, Walmart, Office Max. You know, all you're doing is establishing these credit lines you eventually get to the point where you can uh, apply and get approved for a uh, a Chase card, Wells Fargo, these are business cards. And once you get to that level, they offering these cards between $50,000, $150,000, $200,000, $250,000 credit line. So if your business has a, say, a Chase card, and you got a $150,000 limit on that card, as a business, not on your own personal credit. So your personal social is not even included in that factor. It's not even it's not even an equation. So your personal line, you could be growing that, but you still conducting business at home. You're still able to pay for your bills, but your business is over here standing on its own. So now you have credit with your business. So you want to make sure your business is taking care of your business. <laughs> My man Hellraiser said in a seminar last night. Mind your business. So if it's your business, you have to mind it. You have to, you have to do good accounting. You need to find an accountant. My company provides those accounting services, divinewealthprinciples.com. My company will do your taxes. They will do your 1099 for you. They will uh, help you with your personal credit, help you with your business credit. Uh, they help you get business funding and business finance. My company incorporates all these things. So any aspect of of wealth principles. I teach the principles, but I also teach you how to teach your people. 
because I don't want to do everybody nothing. I just want to be able to do enough to where I can educate my people and then they can educate their people. Because once we all are educated in financial literacy, then we don't have the stigma of we can't do this, we can't do that. I'm, I'm in Atlanta right now in a mecca. This is a new mecca, y'all. There's so many millionaires down here. We, we, we surrounded by all these million dollar homes and it's like, this is how we need to start being accustomed to seeing, seeing things for ourselves. We need to be able to see ourselves in these positions, but we have to be able to put ourselves in these positions by getting our shit together. <laughs> and I'm just going to keep it like, I'm going to say it like that because I, I'm really passionate about what I do and the services that I provide and the prices that I that I give is, is unmatched. And, the, and the, the, that, the fact that I could take this information, get me and my people together and just that is the mentality that our people have had so long. So we need to get out of that. We need to get out of that, man. It's no reason to feel as if everybody can't win. We really can win if we put our heads together and our minds together and our money together. If we collaborate with like-minded individuals for a common goal to raise awareness of a lot of things in our community, like I spoke on as far as us trying to get our own schools, if you, just in your immediate neighborhood, were able to get with 10, 15, 20 people in your immediate neighborhood, we're talking about a two, three block radius. If you knocked on every door in your neighborhood for two or three blocks in every direction, you could easily come up with about 50 to 100 people. So let's just take 50 people. 50 people in your immediate neighborhood came together to one of the seminars that, that I provide and some other individuals and we were able to show you a way where all of you guys could get financing for whatever you do already so if you get up and go to work every day and whatever that position is I could tell you okay well let's go ahead and go to work but when you get off work come holler at me and let's work on creating a small a micro mini company for you with exactly what you do every day for that for the other person. See, because we can't keep walking around thinking that we're going to work a job for 40 years and retire off of 40% of the money that 100% of the money wasn't enough for us to live on. We got to get out of that concept. We got to learn how to transfer the little bit of money that we do have into actual money because the, the fiat that you think is going to be there that, that paper money, those promissory notes are going to be gone, man, I'm telling you. So, the thing that we put in our people in position doing is to invest in precious metals, silver, gold, things of that nature. If you have a 401k, don't let your money sit there. And if you're in the, in the process of, of, of putting your money in there and hoping that you'll be able to get it when you're 65, like, take me for instance. I'm 51, about to be 51 years old. If I let my money sit another 15, 14 years, then they may let me start getting the check. Man, look, I might not, I not, might not be here for another 15 years, 14 years. So who's the fool when you when you play their game by their rules and then they they threaten you? Well, if you take the money out, we are gonna penalize you 25 percent. Hey, take 25 percent because I need this money now. Give me my money now so I can start a business so I won't need your ass. 
See, that's the mentality that we have to start having because they want you to be in work mode. They want you to be in master mode they, your whole life. You're going to work for them. They'll let you off the plantation when you're about to die. Who the hell can survive off of 40% of the money that you made your whole life? So if you had a check and you, you made, say you make piece of money, you made two grand a week. Two grand a week ain't a lot of money, but two grand a week can pay some bills. Now, can you survive off of 40% of that? So instead of 20 grand, cut it in half. That's a thousand. Then take another 10% off that. So 900 a week as opposed to 2,000 a week. Can you actually live off of 40% of the money that you were living on or trying to survive on with 100%? It's, it's humanly impossible to think that an elderly person is going to be able to survive with medicine, medication, hospital bills, things of that nature off of 40% of the money that they lived on their whole life. It's, it's, it's a setup, man. The 40-40-40 game is a joke. So, we're not here to complain. All I'm here to do is to make you aware of what you're looking at and give you some alternate solutions on how we can correct this and how we can uh, put ourselves in a better position to govern ourselves properly. That's all this is about, man. And uh, like I said, uh, it's another, it's a few more people jumping on the live. Shout out to my man, Kendrick Curry. I think he had a, a promotion going on today on the barbecue side. My sister Lonnie, I think she was doing some seafood, so y'all support them people today. My man John Matthew on there, uh, Elder PK Latham, what's going on, sir? All of these individuals is on my, my feed, man. Make sure uh, go on over to blogtalkradio.com forward slash wealth principles 101 and just hit the follow button. That way you'll know where my show's in. Now, I got a couple of callers in here. In the queue, uh, I do see a, a number, the 720 area code. Uh, it popped up at the bottom of my eye. Whenever I see an area code that I don't see too often, I really kind of like to reach out there just to see who's on the air and who's checking me out because I, I am in four countries, y'all. I'm trying to grow a little bit. And like I said, we broadcasting live today from Atlanta, and I can't wait to get off this call so me and my family can check out an event that they have for Malcolm X. So that's going to be pretty dope. It's still 8 o'clock, so if you're in the Atlanta area, make sure you try and swing past there. You can Google it. You'll get the information. But let me check out this 720 caller, man. I ain't seen the 720 number in my feed before. And if I did, I may have forgot. But caller, 720 area code. You're on the air. Who am I speaking with? And this is Lucky L, man. It's your favorite guy. I'm down here with you, man. It's Lucky, man. Divine. I just was calling in. I didn't know how many people. Uh, I'm gonna head to the Malcolm X show down there too. So we all getting dressed. Uh, I talked to a few of the boys. Um, you already know we got the people in the building. So okay, head down there in a minute. What time you think yeah. you gonna make it down there? Oh uh, yeah, so I'm about to jump off this this broadcast in about 15 minutes, and we headed that way, family. Yeah, I talked to um, hey, hell raising on. Uh, and DJ, they they getting on there right now too. Yeah, it's gonna be a good event, man. So I'm definitely gonna run into y'all, and we gonna chop it up. We gonna we gonna do what we need to do. Yeah, you know I still need to get with you about that gold that gold carrot. Um, uh, I definitely need to get them accounts set up. While I'm down here. Yes, sir. And, and y'all hear this man? This man, he flew in in town from from Cali to get down here. 
and he's doing multiple things. And uh, shout out to my man. Lux, Lux is going to be one of them people y'all see in Forbes and be like, where this dude come from? Well, we, we all came a long way, first of all. And um, the information is very important. I advise that any of our people that's listening to the show, which I'm sending out to people now that's actually listening to me on a live radio show, we mean business, and that's the only way you're going to get it is you have to be standing up for who you are and learning the information and putting it out there and doing what you need to do in order for you to grow. That's right. Hey, well said. And um, like I said, man, I'm going I'm to I'm intervene with y'all in, a, in about an hour or two or so, so we're going to be able to hook up and do some more uh, networking. But yeah, shout out to my man Lucky man. He's doing some huge things. So people out there in, in Louisiana and California and wherever Lucky is, y'all be on the lookout. That man is doing some huge things. And he got a big conglomerate of, of people that he's building the team and the network with. I am about to be part of his squad as well as he is part of mine. We're about to put these economic thing together, man. That's how we have to do it. Put together some like-minded individuals and change the narrative of these people, man. So we don't we don't need help. We we don't need the government to, to save us. We need to save ourselves, and that's the topic of the show today. All right, luck, man. I'm gonna get up with y'all, man. Thanks for calling in, family. All right, shout out to everybody that's in Texas. That's where I'm all domicile at. Okay, shout out to Texas. My son in Houston too. All right, peace. Peace, family. For any of y'all that want to call in, I see we got a few more callers on the line. But, yeah, I thought that 720 number looked familiar. But, yeah, the number, the call-in number is 657-383-1528. Again, that's 657-383-1528. Yeah, man, like I said, but we we definitely need more individuals in in the media community to start getting, I mean, like I said, it doesn't have to be a big a big, huge thing. If you talk to 10, 20 people in your immediate neighborhood, in your box, and just had a conversation, what do we need to do? How do we need to do it? And let's get busy. So, 25, 50 people come together collectively in the neighborhood. I bring my team. I bring my team in. And we, 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 we detail and we express to you how we can get you finance and funding, how we can prepare your personal and establish your business credit. Then we can show you so many tricks of this game. And once you learn it, then it's just a matter of each one teaching one. So you need to be able to take what we give you and take it back to your your family, your community, and whoever you have, you know, your your your, your relatives. That, that, that extend from all parts of the country. Get get them together. Go to their neighborhoods. Go to their city. Sit down and have these conversations, man. And then you'll see businesses in your neighborhood or people that you know. You know what I'm saying? It's different when you can go down the street and just get something as simple as a loaf of bread and some eggs. And you walk in there and it's a brother like Lucky. If he's not in there, you know that's Lucky's store. So if I know Lucky got a corner store on my block and I know that brother worked hard to get his, his, his business credit together and open that, that corner store and I know I'm spending my money with a brother that looks like me and has my best interest and not only that, that brother lives by me. So 
if I get a bad product or something, I'm not gonna, you know, go crazy. I'm just gonna holler at Lucky and Lucky's gonna make it right. Because when you live in the community and you thrive in the community and you service your community, we all work together. So it's never a hate mechanism in that mix. The only hate comes up, up, around when people feel like they can't do it. If we can show everybody how to do it. The ones that want, want it. Because if I tell you that we can do A, B, and C, and you want to do an A and C, you don't want it. You 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 going back to that handout slave mentality. So do your diligence. It's going to take some work, but it's not impossible. And if I tell you I got the keys on how you can get anything established that you want, but it's going to take effort. You gotta nothing's free. Nothing's free. Nothing. The only thing we have is time. The only thing that's guaranteed with us is the time that we're born and the time that we're going to die. So what you do between point A and point B is all up to you. So you can, you know, you can you can play with it. You can wait and see what the mocks are going to give you next next year or whatever clown they got in the office next year. But, or you can take advantage of, of the information while we have it available to you before policies change because 2020 is something going to happen so dramatic. And so many of our people are going to be suffering because they're not, they're not going to know how to function because you're so trained to be, uh, you know, you you on the on, on the master's <laughs> plantation. You you waiting for a free check. You waiting for for these people to continue to give you food stamps, medical, uh, a job. Why are you waiting for these people to give you a job when you can create your own job? Everybody walking on this planet has the ability, the gift to do something. I don't give a damn what it is. If you're good at anything, you just have to find out what you're good at and we can turn that into a business. Is there a, a, a somebody that needs what you provide? It might not be in your immediate circle, but it's somebody that needs something that you know how to do. I guarantee tell you, it's it's it's, it's unbelievable that people think that they have nothing to bring to the table. If you didn't do nothing but read well, if you could could read well, it's money in you just knowing how to read well. If you know how to tell a story, it's money in you telling a story. It don't cost you nothing to write a book. It doesn't cost you nothing but time to write a book. Are you a type of individual that can write a book that can hold people's attention. And the best books that's going right now are informational books because if you can provide a service for somebody and teach them something that you've done and you, you've proven that it works, that's a lane of money. Becoming a public author actually solidifies you in your field, especially if, you, if you're lightweight successful. So, say for instance, I started doing taxes maybe 25, 30 years ago. So this is something that I've been doing, but I've never been known for doing taxes. I've been known for DJing. I've been known for everything else, hip-hop, promoting concerts. I had a lane that I, I was known for, the masses knew me for that. But I also always did taxes for people, and they knew me for that. They didn't know me for both. So... Something that I did part-time led me into doing something that I'm doing full-time. Not just the taxes, but I know taxes go hand-in-hand with what? 
credit because when I'm giving people tax returns every year, five, ten, fifteen thousand dollars tax returns, they get refunds. And I've seen them squander their refund every year on the same shit. So I'm like, dude, why don't you take a little of this money and invest in getting your credit together? That way you're not buying these buy here, pay here cards with these highest interest rates and you putting more money back in your pocket and you actually establishing your credit and you're paying less and you're getting a better product. I couldn't tell people enough, bro. Take a little of your money out. Invest in my in my in my personal credit services so I can help you out. So next year, instead of you going to get another car with five or ten bands, you can put the money down on some property and get you a rental property or get you a double and live in one side and rent the other side out. So you basically living free. While you living free, you stacking your money, you getting equity in that property so you can get another property. You know what I'm saying? So it's just conversations that we need to have to to change people's uh, lens on how they're looking at what they're looking at. I don't care what amount of money that you make, and it might seem low level to you, but it's what you're doing with it. It's what you're doing with it. We unlearn and relearn this information the correct way and put the lens on as as an entrepreneur instead of as a, a debtor because we all looking at things like we broke we want that because we broke dude I'm telling you right now once you start investing more and spending less you will understand what what the difference between a creditor and a debtor is people that are rich and wealthy they don't spend money they invest and if they do spend money on things that they want they don't use their money to do it they use their assets that's making money to buy the stuff that they want Prime example, you have a nice little chunk of change. You want to get a new Range Rover. Range might cost you about eight on the low level, eighty on the low level. Now, that eighty thousand dollars that you're going to invest in on a Range Rover, it's going to cost you eleven hundred, twelve hundred a month on the payment. And then, depending on your interest rate, you're probably going to spend about one hundred ten, one hundred fifteen on that Range Rover over a period of five to seven years. Now, $89,000 to buy you a couple of properties. Now, when you buy these two properties or just one, you can buy an $89,000 house. Okay, side by side. If you bought an $89,000 home and you rented that home out, now you're getting, what, seven, $800, $900 a month every month on this property as opposed to spending out $1,200 a month to ride in this range rope. Now, if you do B instead of A and you got an investment property and it's kicking you out $700, investment property, that's extra money, right? Okay? Outside of you paying the mortgage for it, that's extra income. So, if your mortgage payment on the $89,000 house is like five, $600 a month, and you charging nine to a thousand. So you're getting in excess of three or four hundred extra hundred dollars a month. Rich people take the money that they're making on, off the profit of that property and buy the things that they want. So his house is paying for his new car or his new boat or something like that. He is not digging in his pocket paying for something. He's allowing his assets to pay for what he wants to do as far as being on the luxury side. So once we learn these basic concepts and these basic fundamentals of uh, financial literacy, man, 
we can change our whole narrative, our whole income bracket, and then we can start sitting at the table with 10, 20 people and putting our money together and having a private school in our community. You don't need a big school to, to have 50 children or 50 households attending school. You see what I'm saying? So if we have the capacity to have a, a building, a facility where we can have two or three classrooms and teach grade levels in the ranges of, say, kindergarten through third grade, fourth grade through seventh grade, and then that eighth grade through high school. If we had those broke down in, cer- in certain little dynamics to where each one is teaching one along the way. So you got kindergarten, first grade, ter- second grade, all in the same classroom, learning the same thing because the white man has put us in these little cells and saying, okay, you can only learn this. So what if my five-year-old is smarter than your 10-year-old? Why should my five-year-old sit in the classroom and he's not getting anything from? When the kids are young, their minds are sponges, so they want more information. If they, ha- if they, if their brain can handle the capacity of a, a, a fifth grader, give it to them. <laughs> give it to them. Don't let them feel like they can't learn fifth grade work because they're only in a six-year-old. No, that six-year-old got a capacity and his mind is ready for fifth grade work. Give it to him. That's where they try and trap us. Because if you got a brilliant child and they want you to stay in this box, that child is going to get it's going to get bored. It's going to end up being, you know, acting out because you're not teaching him what he needs. And then you have these kids that, that may learn in a different different fashion and, and because they don't really and comprehend this way you're trying to put them aside like they're inferior that child might be able to be a, a better auditory auditory learner or a visual learner from hearing something or watching something as opposed to actually reading a book and trying to retain that information so I'm telling you man once we're able to get our own shit together. <laughs> we shouldn't be out here screaming and ranting and raving about what somebody ain't doing for us because once we can do for ourselves, then we can fire them. If we have our own private school, govern our own neighborhood, police our own neighborhood, what the hell are we paying you taxes for? Y'all need to get their ass out the office and we need to keep our tax dollars and see how much we can do with our own money. So it's just a topic, man. But we do have uh, solutions on the table. And like I said, man, I'm I'm in Atlanta. It's hot, but we got AC just blowing the snowballs. So we about to jump in this vehicle, and we about to head down to the Mount uh, the Malcolm X event. And we're gonna see some more individuals and some melanated people down here. We're gonna network, and we're gonna get back in our 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 our, our, our you know cities where we need to go back, and we're gonna spread that energy where we domicile. So, I'm going to check y'all out Wednesday, man. We're going to get a little deeper on this topic on the Wednesday show at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Logtalkradio.com forward slash Wealth Principles 101. Man, I'm going to leave y'all with this. SOS, Save Ourselves, is the only real plan for people of color, man. You can keep seeking these reparations if you want. If y'all understand what's going on 
these people are basically telling you the government is not who you're going to be begging to anymore. They are separating themselves from the states. They're giving the states back to pile. So each state is, is going to be operating as a country. And if you don't understand what that means, you need to pick up a book or pick up a phone or go to divinewellpunchment.com and get a consultation so we can put you up on some game. Now, people in my community, uh, in the Dayton area, we're going to be doing an event. Um, June 22nd, we're going to have my man Hellraiser and DJ Jones Bay. They're going to be coming to Dayton and they're going to be doing a seminar. Uh, the location is private. The event is private. But if it's something that you want to attend, you need to reach out to me uh, immediately because we have to do a screening process because the event is private. <laughs> it's not for the public. So, you want more information on that, uh, we're probably going to have some flyers and everything promoting it. And like I said, if you're not screened and checked before the event, you will not attend the event. It's a serious business, man. A lot of people have been asking me how can I get more information on the things that I'll be talking about? So I'm going to bring it to the front door. So all of my people in the Cincinnati, Columbus area, if you want to attend, you need to get with me. We're only going to allow maybe 15 to 20 people in the room because we don't want it to be overpopulated because we get too many people in the room. Nine times out of 10, you got to hop in there. So we ain't looking for no hop. But I'm handpicking a lot of these people, man. If you're from a city that I'm unfamiliar with, like I said, we have to do a background, thorough background check of you before we even allow you to come into the event. And that's just for the safety of everybody bringing the information to you and your safety. So we want to make sure the energy is right. And look, y'all be safe, man. And once again, assalamu alaikum to the nation. Islam from Amor. Peace, shalom. You got something to say? Got one of my little kings down here. This this Noah, Prince Noah Bay, y'all. Say something. My little nine-year-old king. Say something. Hey, y'all. Tell them we about to go see the Malcolm X event. <laughs> we about to see the Malcolm X event. Where are we at? Atlanta. We in Atlanta. Is it hot here? Yeah, it's very hot. Tell, tell them what the people were saying when we was in the store about your dashiki. What were they saying? Some people, one of these people been saying that they haven't been seen about 1972. Um, he said 1972, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> and the individual was seen in the store and he said, he said, man, where you get that shirt? I didn't see one of them shirts in the 70s. And so just being down here amongst, amongst people of color and people who understand what they're seeing, as a nine-year-old walks with his father with a dashiki shirt on, that's a beautiful thing, man. If you don't have that kind of love in, in the city where you are, we need to start getting that, putting that in their face a little more because it is good to see a nine-year-old with a dashiki on. It just, it's, it's, it's good to see. If I've seen somebody nine, I'd be like, hey, man, where you get that shirt? Same energy, man. So, like I said, we're going to be down here doing some more networking, man. And Wednesday, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, we're going to do a part two of this show to get into some real specifics things that we can do as far as realistic solutions to the consistent neglect and the unfair treatment of our people in North America when it comes to economics, when it comes to the political side of things. So y'all have a good one, man. I'll leave y'all with one of my son's songs.
name is L to the C. Y'all can look him up on Instagram, Chin the Rapper. But we're going to get up out of here. We're going to go in the same way we came out, y'all. Or we're going to go out the same way we came in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, rough sketch. Rough sketch. Uh, what's the difference between me and you? You, you. What's the difference between me and you? You, you. Peace to the guys. Uh, what's the difference between real and fake? What's the difference between love and hate? Because most opinions are different and let me be more specific before you answer that and in your head let this marinate. Saying you real but love jacking people for bricks and chips and then when it happens to you, you look at them like you ready to retaliate on the people that did it and you in the same business that you got yourself in and that's like a pure jealousy and hate because you love to do it but think nobody else will. That's why I installed it in my head to do the things that I feel. That's more important to get in a gorgeous woman or person or having paper so long. If it feel you would get lost And I'm trying to grab right by the head And stun the game like see often Cause nowadays it's rarely seen From skim seat to do that quite often So I sit back, enjoy life for every day that I breathe And do this music till it's time for me to leave You know you talk about film flashy, flashy And I talk about what I feel is Once again, man, it's your man, Divine Bay. 
that was my son, L to the C, man. He out of H-Town. Uh, y'all can look him up on Instagram. He go by the name of Chen the Rapper. <laughs> but yeah, man, it's a rap, man. I'm going to see all my people out there at the Malcolm X event. And I'm going to be in Atlanta all weekend. So hit the boy up, man. Y'all be safe. Peace.